Welcome to A Degree in Sports, your home for college football and college basketball. My name is Cole, here along my great mate, Jeff Tate. Jeff, how are we doing today? Oh, we are doing great. Week three of the podcast, episode four, kind of crazy. We've already done four episodes, but great feedback once again. I A lot of people reached out uh, in regards to the Pac-12 uh, preview episode we had last week. A lot of people uh, really liked Cole's enthusiasm for a conference that he uh, is now geographically near, but that's kind of dead. So a lot of enthusiasm, Cole, for you and the Pac-12, and, and I think I think the fans liked it. Yeah, I'm a Pac-12 guy. And the thing is, the majority of people who are listening right now, not everyone, but a majority are, are Midwest people. So I'm giving them a little taste of the West Coast and a little, a little taste of the West. And you know, if you're a Midwest guy, you need that. You need to you need to learn. You need to know your enemies. You need to know what what's going on every every corner of this country. Yeah, got to keep your options open. That's a uh, very fair point. So, as usual, please like and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, it looks like kind of from the feedback I've gotten on this the service we use for the podcast, Spotify is definitely uh, our go-to, and then Apple seems to be the two places where uh, everybody is listening to this podcast. And then a few random uh, Audible. Whoever you are, kudos to you. I I've, uh, I don't think I've ever used Audible, but uh, we got some fans on Audible, Cole. You never you never listened to uh, like a book on Audible? No, I'm uh, the last book I read was the required book in probably freshman year. We had to read. That was probably the last one. Well, you, you don't you don't read books on Audible. You listen. To well, okay, or even listen. I haven't listened. That that's a debate. That's a debate actually. So if someone has listen to let's say harry potter and the sorcerer's stone let's say someone's listened to it but they've never actually read the words in the paper have they read that book no now if you if you have the book okay guys this isn't we will we'll get back to the football talk but no <laughs> you have to in my opinion you have to physically be watching the words and reading the words to count as but hey if they're if that's how they're getting their uh information reading wise hey that's okay exactly but, so as, as usual, we'll get back to the uh, real topic of the podcast, which is college football today. So as usual, please follow us on Twitter, uh, X, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Cole and I are really trying to be active on that. Um, if you looked at it, Cole had a really funny post yesterday on the, the page about the whole Michael Orr uh, situation and just saying it just means more in the SEC. And unfortunately, a family made up an adoption and like to get a really good football player allegedly allegedly Allegedly. there's a lot of there's a lot of hate right now on the movie the blind side movie's great probably one of my favorite movies but all in all great fiction yeah great fit it's a fiction movie now everyone thought it was true but okay the main topic today i'm gonna lay it out for you the ap poll dropped monday we are recording this on tuesday august 15th the very first edition of the ap poll which is really the only poll that people care about until the playoff poll comes out later this season. Well, it just dropped yesterday, and Cole and I want to give you a quick analysis of that poll and kind of teams that stood out in terms of being higher, maybe teams that we thought should have been lower, and then we're going to get into our next conference preview episode, and that will be the ACC. And later this week, we will be having um, one episode dedicated specifically to the SEC. That one we're trying to put a little more time and effort into because that one is probably, that and the Big Ten are probably most people's uh, favorite conferences to know. So Cole, AP poll dropped yesterday. Our top four, I can't really say we're very surprised. Uh, were any of the order surprising? I mean, we all expected Georgia to be one, but you can't win back-to-back national championships and not be number one. But 
Anything right off the top stand out to you? Yeah, that top four, it didn't surprise me at all. I mean, it shouldn't surprise anyone that Michigan's ahead of Ohio State. I mean, they've won the last two years, dominated them. So obviously, no one should be surprised there. And yeah, they're just, they're, just, they're, they're just right behind Georgia. And it's, it's, it's like, yeah, I mean, those teams you'd expect to be up there. But I will say, it's still weird to me. I'll get into that a little later. A little part of that top four is a little strange to me. Um, and... But yeah, nothing, nothing too surprising about it off the off the top. Uh, I don't know. Do you see anything in there? No, kind of like what you said. Uh, Ohio State should be behind Michigan. Uh, that's that's the fair way to put it coming into the year. I think, interestingly enough, Alabama did not get a first place vote, which kind of surprised me just because of what uh, I think a lot of people expect out of Alabama being kind of coming off a down year. Uh, so only three teams received. A first place vote, you had Georgia receiving 60, Michigan receiving two, and Ohio State receiving one. So just looking at the uh, quick thing, I would say I was a little surprised Alabama did not get a first place vote. But um, I like to see that three of the top seven, Cole, are Big Ten teams. Uh, that's a very good thing to see, especially when Big, Big, Ten, East. Big Ten East, even better. But it's even crazier to see, uh, not really crazy, but six of your top seven are Big Ten and SEC. Uh, that's 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 the powerhouses of college football, but to actually see that in an AP poll is very good to see. And then you have USC from the Pac-12 as the other team in your top seven. But I would say a quick, just a quick thing kind of surprised me. And a lot of it's due to how that team was last year. And Cole and I talked last week about Texas and how Texas is uh, the favorite to win the, the Big 12. And Basically, everybody I'm seeing is picking Texas to actually win that. Now, that might not be a good thing for those of you that think Texas is going to win. But seeing Texas at 11 was a little surprising to me just because of a lot of the hype around that team. Now, the polls don't always bake in your hype. It's a lot of it can be a lot of previous success mixed with what they think you're going to be this year. So just looking at that initially, I was kind of surprised to see them at 11. Other than that, that was probably the team that I saw, Cole, that just right away jumped out as a team that I think is going to finish a lot higher. Uh, Some other teams you go down the list, I think you have a team like TCU. That's the perfect example of a team that is getting a little benefit from last year. Them being 17 is probably a there that i'll tell you right now cole told me let's pick a team that we don't think is going to finish in that top 25 i think tcu is my team i i just think they replace way too much talent or they they have to replace way too much talent and so that's my team cole i 17 i would be very surprised if they're there at the end of the year but those are my two quick teams that really stood out in the first 25 this year yeah so the first thing i do want to say i just want to tell you my biggest just like when I look at this AP poll, I know we kind of like we're talking about the top four already, but then when I look at that first AP poll, the biggest shock for me, and it's not because I think they got it wrong, I think it's just because I'm not used to this, and it's Alabama at four. It's just weird not seeing them knocking on the door one, two, like it's weird seeing Michigan ahead of them. Like for me, I've I've not known that in a world where Michigan is just in a preseason poll ahead of Alabama so that is just so weird to me where they're just not the favorite they're not even the favorite in their own conference they're not they're they're not above Michigan a team that I've rooted for forever it was always been way behind it's always been how can we get to Alabama's level 
when we're so far back. So that's just a shock for me. Like, it's not because I got it wrong. It's just weird for me to see it of Alabama just being behind a team I love and just being not number one. Yeah, no, I think I think that's just that's just how it's been the last few years in the SEC with Georgia dominating. And it sucks that those two can't play in the regular season every year because I – it's fun that obviously Ohio State and Michigan have, especially recently, been top five like every year. But it would be really cool if we could get Alabama Georgia matchups every year because that's just good football. And I think the poll lovers would really like that. So I would say, I mean, we could we could get that every year, but the SEC is they they're a lot more hands on uh, and manipulative of scheduling than the Big Ten is. And they don't want their best two teams to play because they want that in the conference championship. They want and so and they want the most, the highest likely chance of getting two teams in the playoff. So, I mean, we definitely could, Jeff. It's a dream that could very well come true if those uh, the SC commissioner and that whole scheduling crew up there didn't you know manipulate it as much. Yeah. Well, we we will also get into that one a little bit on the SEC episode because I I think those are the two best teams in the SEC and. The odds makers say that. So, Cole, I gave you my team TCU that I don't think will finish in the top 25. Do you have any that you don't think will stay in the AP poll come the end of the year? And then I'll give you my team that I think it will end up in there that's not currently there. Yeah, I mean, I think like TCU is the obvious pick. Um, that's a great, great choice. Um, they're really there out of respect um, for what they did last year. My team is North Carolina. Not because I don't think they have the roster. Um, they definitely have the quarterback, for sure, and Drake May to do this. Um, it's just, I've seen this North Carolina team before, um, where they have a star quarterback coming back, and there's a lot of hype. They're kind of hovering around, you know, 20s, upper, upper teens going into the year, and they always just don't perform. They lost a lot of talent last year, they also gained some in the portal. Um, it's going to be hard to replace Josh Downs. And this is a team that lost to Appalachian State. Uh, I don't remember who the other Sun Belt school was that I'm pretty sure they lost or at least was taken to the fourth quarter with. Um, they just lost games they shouldn't have lost last year. And you're going to tell me that this team's different. So for me, just based on history, I'm choosing North Carolina. Okay. I, I would agree. I think that's we'll be talking about North Carolina in a few minutes on our ACC preview because I have I have some things to say about them as well, but I, I think I side with Cole on that one. Um, the team, I think, that did not make it in the first edition of the poll, this one might surprise some people, but I'm going with Louisville. I have a uh, sneaky feeling that that team could be pretty good this year. They, they have a lot of change. They bring in Jeff Brown from... Purdue, bring over Purdue's good quarterback, Jack Plummer. They have the easy, we're, I'll get into this in the ACC episode. They have the easiest schedule in the ACC by far. They don't play Florida State, Clemson, or UNC, probably the three best teams in the ACC. I think that's a team you could see going nine and three and sneaking into the AP poll. I think that's my clear cut team, Cole. Yeah, not a bad pick. I like it. My team is Kentucky. I think. Hey, that was my team, I'm honestly, my team to keep an eye on. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised that they are not in it right now. Devin Leary, is that his name? Yep. Uh, he is, I mean, he was, if he can be healthy, then he has everything it takes to be good. 
the problem is some some people who, who might not have paid attention in this offseason might say, hey, Kentucky never has a good offense. They couldn't even have they couldn't use Will Levis in college to, you know, get more than five passing yards. Like they were one of the more boring offenses to watch. If you ever watched a Kentucky game when they were on offense, it was literally it was cruel and unusual punishment. I would rather go down a slide of nails. Like it is that's what it's like watching the Kentucky. That's hard. That's what, it, that's what it was like watching the Kentucky offense last year. So but what some people don't know is they revamped that thing. New coordinator, out with the old, in with the new. They're looking to be a little more high-flying, a little more aggressive. And the thing is, anyone is going to be better than last year. So they, were, they weren't a bad team last year. And they're primed to take the jump and just because they have a good quarterback, if he can stay healthy. And they should have a way better offense, a way more smooth-flowing offense, and an offense that can challenge defenses downfield and really open things up. So I think they're a good team to keep an eye on that. You know, I, I, would, I would put some some good change on on them being in that top 25 pool at the end of the year. That'd be a fun bet. I don't think we can – I don't think those are even an option out there, but that'd be kind of cool to pick a team that you say is in the top 25 but gets to the top 25 at the end of the year. I like Kentucky. I told you uh, when we were talking about crazy long shots that they weren't a bad team. So we will get into uh, – our ACC part of this podcast. And Cole, uh, we'll keep the same structure we've been doing, kind of give the favorites, players to watch, storylines, give a prediction, give a surprise team, kind of go down that road. This is a two-headed race, I think, for especially the odds makers think so. The AP poll also thinks that. I mean, you have Florida State, Clemson. Florida State's eight in the AP poll. Clemson's nine. Clemson's actually the favorite at plus 150. FSU's plus 175, and then it's a huge drop-off. Pitt is the third best odds. Well, them and UNC are tied at 11 to 1. Then you go Louisville at 14 to 1, kind of the team I mentioned uh, as being a possible sneaky team. You have Miami at 20 to 1 and NC State at 20 to 1. So pretty much you got those top two studs. You got Clemson, you got Florida State. To be honest, I like when Florida State's good at football. It's a, it's just nice, you know. They have the, they have a good tradition down there, and I think it's always a good thing that Florida State is good, and I think they're going to be really good this year. So Cole, kind of like, besides, I, you've kind of probably most people's third best team in that conference is UNC, and you just kind of discussed that you don't know if they can do what it takes to probably win this conference. I would side with you on that. Is this a two-headed race between Clemson and Florida State? See, this this is an interesting conference. I think it's pretty clear-cut. Um, I think there's very clear tiers. I think it's obviously Florida State, Clemson, most likely. It's pretty bread and butter. Um, and then North Carolina, and then kind of the meat, the middle of it, and then the bottom crappy teams, you know, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, Boston College, like, I don't know if you can tell me a worse bottom of any conference in college football. Yeah, I think it's Florida State. Florida State and Clemson for sure. Clemson is, I think that edge, I feel like that edge in the odds is only because of brand recognition and trust in that team um, and trust in Dabo and trust in just, I mean, until they had been to six straight playoffs until two years ago, like that's unreal. That's a, that's a dynasty. So I think that's the only reason they have the edge because I don't think it's based on roster. I think Clemson has horrible wide receivers. That's the, the there's a feeling of a ceiling, and with that team, with that offense, because of their wide receiver room. I don't know. Maybe someone can take that step forward. You never know. There's 
There's, there's guys who maybe have been low on the depth chart for years that could have taken steps on, in the offseason. And, you know, the college kids, people are growing every day and just learning how to play the game. But it feels like there's a ceiling for Clemson based on their wide receiver room. The question is, can Florida State go surpass that ceiling that Clemson has? Because does Florida State finally take the next step? They have the off, they have the they have the talent too, but I don't necessarily think they have the depth. They have second best quarterback, for, like best wide receiver room, second best running back room, best offensive line on paper, but they're not deep at any position. So if they can stay healthy, hypothetically they should beat Clemson, um, and they should be a fringe playoff team. But yeah, I think this this is this is an interesting conference, and I think. They are, there's more, to me, this conference has a little more trip up games than other conferences, though. Yeah, no, I think I am, uh, I definitely agree with you. The Clemson, I think, based on just looking at that, these two teams on paper, the only reason Clemson is your odds on favorite is due to two things. They won the conference last year, and B, what Cole just said, brand recognition of Clemson football. Now, Florida State isn't a small brand in themselves, but. I would totally agree with you, Cole. Yeah, there, there's one more thing I left out about Clemson that I do want to give them their flowers. They have a great defense. Um, and their linebackers, there's not a better linebacker room in the country. Like, they're, they're unreal. They're so good. So, I will say, while their offense may have a ceiling, their defense does not. And they do deserve to be up there based on that. So, they're not just slouches who are only on grand recognition. They do have a talented roster. But... I, I gotta give I gotta give him a little love on defense because that is a very amazing defense, or at least a very amazing linebacker room they got down there. No, yeah, they always have those crazy linebackers that I remember. I just remember a few of their matchups with Ohio State in the playoff. Those dudes hit, and they have always hit, and they're they're always very good. But I think the one thing with Clemson that's really hurt them the last few years, they've I mean they they've been blessed the last ten years with amazing quarterbacks. I mean you go you go Deshaun Watson, you have Trevor Lawrence, and then a big drop off. Everybody thought DJ Ugalele was gonna be a next great quarterback at Clemson and live up to all this hype, five star kid, crazy talent, and he just never had it. And the the guy that was kind of sitting behind him that a lot of people had really been wanting to play all year last year was Kate Klubnick. And we really saw two starts from him last year. He played in the ACC Championship, and then he played in the Orange Bowl against Tennessee. And to be honest, his stats weren't great. I mean, you look at it, and I have his stats here. He has 50 of 78 passing, about 600 passing yards, 81 rushing yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. That's nothing crazy. Like, when you're coming from... When you're coming from Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence, you need a little bit better. And I just don't – I don't think they have the quarterback play. Cole mentioned the receiver play. This this team used to be – they used to have T. Higgins. They used to have all these studs at wide receiver. They just haven't had one, to be honest, in quite a few years. I mean, you go back, Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins, Amari Rogers. Studs. Um, who was the guy before that? Poor Sammy. Well, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins was there. Like DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, yeah. just really good receivers, and they just haven't had any. And running back, I do like their running back. Will Shipley is one tough running back, but he's no Travis Etienne that they had two years ago. And so you you look at the skill positions on offense, it's lacking. Florida State's skill positions are not lacking. I look at them and Jordan Travis, that dude is a really good quarterback. I think when all things are said and done this year, I think he's better than Drake May. I think Drake May is more of just 
the system he plays in, and he puts up a lot of stats. Drake May's really good, but I'm going to give Jordan Travis the nod. And his receiver room is going to be really good this year. He has Johnny Wilson. This dude, I don't know if many of you have watched Johnny Wilson. He's a six-seven receiver. Those really aren't uh, those aren't a thing anymore. Uh, that's just really hard for a receiver to be that tall. And then they bring in Keon Coleman from Michigan State. And for those of you that watch Michigan State football, he was probably the only bright side in that offense all of last year. So you look at Keon Coleman, you look at Johnny Wilson, they have Trey Benson as a running back. To be honest with you, I think Florida State should be the favorite. And I, I'm picking, I'm, well, can't tell you right this second because I don't want to, I don't want to give it away. But if I'm picking a team to win, it's probably going to be Florida State because I think they are that good of a team. But you kind of go down the list as well, just a little bit more. There's really good, uh, there's really good teams as well. You have Pitt, who I think could be good. They have a good quarterback. They're trying to figure out if that's if they really like that quarterback. But I don't know, Cole. I think those are some. I think though that's why I like Florida State a little bit more than Clemson is due to the skill positions. Yeah, Pitt. Pitt's just your trip up champion. I mean, a team going into on a on a late late October day, fall cold Saturday at Pitt, going into them. I mean, that's just a team destined to, to trip up. Um, but I, I think you're right. Florida State. It's it's really about can Florida State stay healthy, and I think that's the name of the game. And yeah, this this conference is and and can you make it through these trip up games? Because Wake Forest, they have the offense to beat anyone. And we're going to learn a lot about that this team this year too. Um, can can they do it without Sam Hartman? And so that's going to be a fun team to watch and see if that offense can t- continue to fly while not having Sam Hartman at the helm. And we'll also see what he does at Notre Dame. Um, maybe we should maybe talk a little about Notre Dame since they're an honorary <laughs> ACC school. But there's because these I've, all a lot of these teams have to go through. Notre Dame Notre this Dame. year, and obviously that doesn't count for their ACC record. But I mean, that's that's a hard test to go through. When one on, in the middle of a an October season, you have some guys hurt. You're gonna get more guys hurt while you're trying to win the ACC, probably. Um, and that's just that's not playing some, you know, kind of podunk team like UT Martin in the middle of October, like or in the last week of November. It's that's Notre Dame. So. Well, I'm not prepared to do Notre Dame tonight, but I, if you're right, <laughs> no, yeah. we, we're not well, going to give any love to them. Maybe we'll throw them into, shoot, maybe the Big Ten. That's who they should. <laughs> that's what they get. That's what that's what they get for being in. Yeah, we're not actually. You know what? Screw that. Sorry, Notre Dame fans, yeah. if you listen to this podcast, we're not giving you any love. You don't play in a conference. You need to go play in a conference. I, I'm on. I'm on Notre Dame strike. Yeah, I'm on Notre Dame strike too with this playoff committee. <laughs> that that should just be a, like an automatic. Oh nope. You're North Carolina, or you're in Notre Dame. You don't get in. But no, Cole, I do think there are some sneaky teams. I mentioned Louisville. They're 14 to 1 odds. I mean, the, one of the reasons I really think they could be good is I think Jeff Brom did a pretty good job for being at Purdue. Purdue's not a football school, uh, they are a basketball school. Uh, if you ever get a chance, go to a Purdue basketball game. There is not much like that, but. I've been told the football games are like a high school football game. No one likes them. Uh, no one really wants to go to the football games. But Louisville, 14-1. to 1, They don't play, like I said, Clemson, FSU, or North Carolina. I mean, that's – I don't know. That's – avoiding those three teams, 
you're telling me that you have to go nine and three or ten and two to actually like <laughs> have success? I think that's definitely possible. And I don't know. That's Louisville's kind of my team I keep an eye on. They're not my surprise team. I went a little farther down the odds uh, board on that, Cole. But Cole, I, it's a two-headed race. Uh, they Florida State, Clemson. They meet in week four. I think that's your game right there. Whoever wins that, I think will have the uh, have a lot of the momentum. I would say going into the uh, rest of the season. But the nice thing about this conference is they've got rid of the divisions, so our top two teams uh, with the ending regular season record do get to play each other. So I think you could see Clemson and Florida State playing twice this year. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably more likely than not. I mean, that's probably I'm my guess is. If you were to put, I don't know what the odds would be on that, but I would. It'd be probably pretty close to even odds to have both those teams in it. Yeah. So a team that I would say keep your eye on, but isn't like my sleeper team. My team to keep an eye on is at least storyline to keep an eye on. I mentioned it earlier is Wake Forest. I still think that just what they've been able to do the last two years for a team that was so just in the depths of college football for so long. Of just like not being great or like being forgotten, they're gonna be a fun team to watch um, to see if they can continue to have that offense without Sam Hartman. I know I already said that, but so that's that's my team to look out for. But another team I want to look out for is or another storyline is the coaching carousel in this conference because my guess is Virginia. Virginia Tech, like I know a lot of them have, first, some of them have first year coaches, Boston College, Georgia Tech. It's like they probably won't lose that many, but those are bad teams. Like those are really bad teams. And any, these teams are like Clemson's, the Florida States. When you look at your schedule and you see one of those four teams, like, yep, that's a W. Like how nice is it to just go and play just one of the worst power five teams in the country? And you get to do that four times if you have the right schedule. And then also Syracuse, their coach could very well, is very well in the hot seat and he might not have his job by the end of the year. So I think there's going to be a lot of turmoil in this conference at the bottom. But And then there's also some fun storylines in the middle. Because you know who we haven't even talked about yet? Miami. Hold up. Don't don't get too much into that. I might, <laughs> I might have a thing to say about it. I them. figured there was a reason you haven't you haven't brought them up yet. So why don't you just go, go right into it right so now? So this is my surprise team. They are uh, 20 to 1 odds to win the conference. I'm not saying they're going to win the conference this year, but... For those of you that like to gamble and obviously gamble responsibly, uh, we're not advocating for bad gambling on this podcast. Very responsible. Their over-under is set at seven and a half wins. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've already bet it. I've taken the over on Miami. Uh, I just think that they, I think they're going to make a lot of progress, let's just say, under Mario Cristobal in year two. This is a team that gets... They have a tough schedule, though. That's the one thing I would be definitely concerned about. They get Texas A&M at home in the non-conference. They get Clemson at home in conference play. And then on the road, they go to Florida State and North Carolina. So if they can get above seven and a half wins, they had a heck of a year, and they should be proud as, as crazy as that fan base can be. I think they could be pretty good. Tyler Van Dyke had mixed results last year. I think he is a pro-style quarterback that could really benefit with another year under Mario Cristobal. And I think they should be able to run the football. I I was uh, listening to another college football show I like, and they really talked about how deep Miami's running back room is. And I did 
I did some research on it. They have a guy, Henry Parrish, who was there last year. Didn't put up crazy stats, but was a tough runner. And then they have a good transfer from Nebraska that a lot of people were really high on when he committed to Nebraska and A.J. Allen. So this is the team, I think, is the surprise team. Seven and a half wins. They have those four games I just mentioned. If you steal one of those games, you can lose one of these other games in the conference that you really should win. But I think they can steal a game at home against Texas A&M or a game at home against Clemson. And if that's the case, seven and a half is going to be easy for them to get. So that's my surprise team, Cole. Yeah, I like that pick a lot. I mean, I think Tyler Van Dyke is a dude. I think he's he's very, very good. I think he is a product of horrible, horrible coaching uh, under Josh Gaddis. I think Josh Gaddis is a very, very, very bad OC. I think Harbaugh made him look a lot better than he was. And he kind of fooled his way over to Miami and getting hired by Cristobal. And I think his true colors were shown when he didn't have an offensive coach hovering over him, helping him out. So I think Tyler Van Dyke is going to take that next step. I think there's no way Miami can be worse than they were last year. That was a historically bad season for them. They have a new uh, defensive coordinator as well. So they did a very good job of bringing in just new coaches, some transfers, to really take the next step from last year, which they very well needed to do. But so, yeah, I, I like that pick a lot. However, that's not my pick. My pick is the Duke Blue Devils. Man, I just like their coach. I like their roster. I like their team. I like what they did last year. Um, and they're just a team that is just on the up and up. I mean, Elko did so good last year. And I think they want to take the next step. We're going to learn a lot about them in their first game against Clemson. But after that, they play Lafayette and Northwestern. And then UConn. So, like, three games where, all right, let's get our feet under us after playing Clemson. Who knows what, whether it's a win or not. If it's a win, it's at the top, you're on top of the world. It's hard to go have such an emotional high and play a game the next week. So, it's good to have Lafayette after. But also, if they lose, you know, let's, re, let's regroup, recover. Then they have Notre Dame. So, they have a really hard schedule. They play Clemson, Notre Dame, Florida State at Florida State, at Louisville, at North Carolina. Duke has a very, very hard schedule. They also have Wake Forest at home. Um, and they their last game of the year is versus Pitt. So that's not an easy schedule at all. So it's going to be hard to pick them to win the ACC. But, I mean, they're, they're knocking on the door as far as just what they can do. I think they're another year or two away from really being like, oh, this team, like, don't look now. Duke actually has a football program. Um, so, but I, I like this team a lot. And I think they are poised to have just a, just a big, big year this year. It surprised some people because I think if you even come away with one of those Clemson, Notre Dame, or Florida State wins, people are like, oh, like look at Duke. Like You might get a few more transfers because of that. You might get one or two more recruits because of that. And the next thing you know, that's how you build a program. You start stacking these wins together. So I like Duke, and I think Duke will be the team to watch this year in the ACC. Yeah, Duke has a very, very good quarterback, and I think – I think, like Cole said, they could they could be building something there. So we're going to wrap it up here with predictions. Uh, I'll give you mine real quick. Florida State beats Clemson in, in the ACC championship. Yep, I'll go chalk again. I do want to say that round, this will be round two, obviously, of this matchup. I think Clemson gets them in week four. I think it, the game's at Clemson, that's a hard place to go win at. But I think Mike Norvell and the boys – figure a way out to uh, to get it done and win the ACC and maybe sneak into a playoff with a 12-1 and record. Man, I had, I had it written down. I knew exactly what I wanted. 
and then I started talking about Duke, and I started getting excited. I started thinking about Riley Leonard. Started thinking about his 20 passing touchdowns and 13 rushing touchdowns last year. Started thinking about that. But then I came back down to earth, and I think it's Clemson versus Florida State in the championship because I think it's just chalk this year. I think that's all this conference is, is chalk. Um, and I think it's them. I honestly, I don't know who wins that first matchup. I think... I think Florida State wins the first one, but I know Clemson wins the second one. I think they have the experience in those big games, in those postseason games, and I think Dabo is more experienced in those settings and getting a team ready for those games. My only thing I'll say is don't look now, because if Florida State's there, they might lose this year to Clemson in the championship, but it's another year they're building, and they're going to take over the ACC if they're even there in the next two years. But they're they're coming, and they're going to overtake Clemson in the years, but I don't think it's this year. Okay, see, I like that. We both have the same championship game with just a different winner. That'll that'll make it really fun. Cole, any uh, final thoughts on the ACC? Yeah, I mean, this conference is what it is, um, but you can find the joy in it if you want. You can find the joy in the Wake Forest and, and Drake May in North Carolina. Don't waste Drake May this year. Watch Drake May as much as you can. Watch his talent. Watch that offense. North Carolina has a bad defense, so there's going to be some shootouts. So don't waste away a year of being able to watch Drake May. I like that. I like that uh, perfect way to end the ACC preview. So this will wrap up our ACC preview episode as long as well or as well as our AP poll breakdown. Please like and subscribe to the podcast. We will have another one coming out later this week. Don't exactly know the date of that. It'll be sometime this weekend. And that will be our SEC preview episode, which I know Cole and I are pretty excited for. As always, thank you for listening. And Cole, anything to end it with? I love you guys. Perfect. We love you guys too. And uh, shout out to our uh, best producer, Aiden. He's been doing a great job with the mic quality and he's a crucial part of this team. So we appreciate it. So until next time on A Degree in Sports.